the big headline was mental health worsens for 34 percent of U.S. workers. Is this something you're hearing from businesses, from companies you work with? Uh, we have been hearing a lot of it, um, and it's been amplified. Well, the way we're hearing it is a lot around anxiety, uh, and people feel like they're, everything's urgent, right? So we're hearing from companies when we talk to their employees that everything's a priority, feels like every day they're chasing Chasing squirrels is the phrase that we hear quite a bit, to be honest with you. What we're hearing from companies is between technology and how fast information is coming, and then with the younger generations and how they communicate differently than the the older generations, that there's disconnects that are starting to happen, and, and people are really building anxiety around that. That's fascinating. So is... Mike, is this legit, or, or are we just now a generation or a couple of generations of complainers? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. I think, I think it's legitimate in the sense that you have to take it seriously as an organization. Uh, and and if, if you feel disruption in, in how the organization is working together, you have to take that part serious. People are looking for alternative resources to help them manage their their stress and their anxiety because things are moving so much faster and expectations are seem to be higher than they've ever been especially in the workplace well and if it's now, what if it's affecting productivity it's real regardless of where it comes from right right exactly and i think that's if you, you can call it what you want to call it uh but if if, if it is a, it's addressing retention it's address it's uh, um, if absenteeism is a problem if engagement is a problem which the survey touches on all of those things, then it's something that you need to address in your organization. So regardless, how, how are you coaching leadership in the companies that you work with uh, on what their role is in reducing stress for, for their staff? So we've been spending a lot of time working on psychological safety and creating a space as leaders for people to feel comfortable to talk to you about whatever it is is on their mind. And there's no repercussions, there's no negative consequence. It's creating that space and that environment where anybody on your team, whether it be a a staff member, a coworker, a person above you, can come and have an open conversation with you and not feel like they're gonna get harmed by that conversation. I bet you that is hard for some leaders, I'm thinking particularly my generation and older of like, I know some of us look at our younger teammates or our younger coworkers and be like, well, you guys got to suck it up a little bit here. Yeah, it, It's so funny you mentioned that, Vince, because I was just talking to a group the other day and we got on this topic and, and, and I, I told them, I said, if you talk to my daughters, I have twin daughters, um, they would tell you if they if there's a phrase that one of the phrases that they remember most from their dad is suck it up right (laughs) yes because i would use it all the time and and we we still especially the generation x maybe even the 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 older millennial level have have heard that phrase in in their their lifetime from whether it be parents or coworkers or whatever um so we we do a lot of people still have that mentality of stop making excuses get in there and figure it out and not to say that that's wrong. That's not a, a wrong way to look at things, but not everybody handles that well. So uh, leaders who can adapt uh, and 
and you know, it's, we use the phrase a lot, assume a positive intent, genuine curiosity, use those mindsets. You can at least help that person kind of get to where they need to get, even though it might not be the way you approach it. What, when I read this article, when I read this article, something that came to mind to me is, is I've, there's a lot of research out there about enjoyment and happiness. Um, and the thing is, is uh, or specifically around happiness and work. And there are three elements that uh, result in happiness. Happiness really is the output. The, what, what drives that is enjoyment, satisfaction, and purpose. And if you can get your people in the workforce to enjoy what they're doing, have satisfaction around it, and find purpose in it, you're going to see anxiety and the stress start to come down because people are going to be more happy with what they're doing. Um, that's one of the things I've seen. And the other is that organizations have a lot of great resources. There are a lot of people who have issues from a, a mental health element and the underuse of employee assistance programs, EAP programs is unbelievable. They, people just don't use them. And it's a great resource that most companies have that give people that free outlet to talk to someone about their mental health if there is, is a real issue there. Uh, actually, a perfect segue into the book that you and your partner, uh, Mike Milstead, wrote called Career with Purpose, A Guide to Finding the Work That You Love. What I love about what I read in the book is it's not full of answers. It's full of questions that only the reader can, can really answer if they're being honest with themselves. But it's the questions that we have to ask of ourselves and the answers that we got to find. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's uh, all too often people have this picture painted of here's what my career needs to be, or people tell them, here's the step, here's the approach I took when I went in my, as I developed my career. And, and although the intent of those individuals is positive, you got to figure it out yourself and you got to really challenge yourself as to what is it they want to do? Um, what is meaningful to me? What, where am I going to get the greatest satisfaction and purpose in what I do. That's going to drive career happiness. What also strikes me is how many of us are walking around without a roadmap to where, or, or a destination on our map, right? We're trying, we're trying to chart a course without knowing where it is that we want to get to. We do. I, I think it's because the traditional motivators have been what's, what's the title, how vertically have I moved in the organization, how much am I making, uh, what are the benefits that I get? What are the perks that I get? We measure on a lot of those those uh, elements versus what we really feel, you know. And, and I know so many people that have been they wake up or they go to bed on Sunday thinking, oh gosh, it's Monday. I got I got to deal with Monday. And uh, and if that's the case, you're not you're not getting purpose or enjoyment in what you do, even if you're making more than you ever thought you would with the coolest title in the world. Yeah, so for those for those folks then, it's not always necessarily that they need to leave their organization or change their career. Sometimes it's changing their perspective and their outlook, right? It is sometimes that. It, sometimes it's, yeah, sometimes people just don't connect what they do to the bigger picture of what the organization is doing, and so they, they need to make those connections. Or um, they get so focused on the two or three things that frustrate them in their role and not the 10 or 12 things that they really get enjoyment out of. And, and so it's, it's really shifting mindset a little bit to what is it, what is it that you value most about the role that you're in and, and can you find it in that role? And if not, then maybe there's something else in the organization that will allow you to find it. 
When you and, and Mike wrote the book, you make such great use of real people examples. And I think that just illustrates perfectly, like people can see themselves in the examples that you cite in the book. We, we, tried, we tried to tell as many stories as we can. Um, we didn't want this to be a, uh, a lecture on here's what you have to do. It's, it's all based, everything in here is based on our experience, but also the experience we've had with people as they've gone through this process. And so story, storytelling is the best way for people to learn, and we try to incorporate that into the book. What, who helps you with all this? <laughs> you're, like, you're like the psychiatrist or the psychologist. Like, who do you go to for help? You yeah. go across the hall and ask Milstead? Yeah. <laughs> no, sometimes, yeah. I, but throughout my career, I've, I've just found those people I can confide in. Um, sometimes it's my wife. Um, a lot of times it's colleagues that I've had in different companies throughout my career. Um, Mike and I have talked, in all honesty, Vince, uh, what drove me to um, purchasing LAK Group with Mike Milstead is, is he and I spoke for months just about kind of where both of us were going, what we were doing. Neither of us at the time were LAK, part of LAK. We were both part of our own organizations. And, and um, so that, that person that confided in is, is really, really important. 